Welcome again to Mystery Mondays, everyone. Thanks for that um, extra sensual intro Ooh. today, Drew. Give me oh, almost like exorcist vibes a little bit. Oh, man. I like that. didn't even know what it was. I think it was a, a glockenspiel or something like that. Yeah, great. Oh, mate, who doesn't love a glockenspiel? Yeah, Actually, yeah. talking of that, I want to get a glockenspiel. Mm. What is and a glockenspiel? You must have played, well, I suppose you played one in school. It's like, just like, uh, it's a German instrument, obviously by the name, glockenspiel. Mm. Glockenspiel, yeah. It's just basically like a set of metal keys. Mm. Um, and then you just have like a little banger, a little oh, banger device, and you just go like ding yeah, dong so dong ding dong. It's like a metal xylophone, smaller. So right. it's like it's like a small little thing. And yeah, yeah. I got nigh one actually. Maybe Did I should you? bring it in. Yeah. Well, I just thought it's the perfect thing. Like, say when you're trying to layer something up, mm. like it's not very hard to play. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Or like, or, or at least like you know, no offense to pro glockenspiel players <laughs> out there, because there's levels to this stuff. But you know, I mean, like if you want to add in just like an extra little like. Ding dong dong dong. Like, yeah, like here and there. It's like quite good, you know? So I think I want to get a Glockenspiel. I was enjoying that one. That was yeah, cool. I was quite enjoying that. It was like making me feel very relaxed. Mm. Yeah, man. It was a bit Disney, I thought. Yeah, lulling me into a false sense of security before oh. we get suckered in by this mystery. Because oh it is my. Mystery Mondays. Oh, yeah. Welcome again, fair travellers. What mystery will be in store for us all? Today, it's Bullwinkle's turn for the mystery. Mm. <laughs> so without further ado, let's crack on with the mystery. But first, let me get up some oh mysterious ambience. Some mysterious ambience. <laughs> so yeah, we hope that everyone's had a good week out there. Whatever you've been doing, thanks for joining us yet again. The Pandora's box, boyos. Mm-hmm. Time to get your week started with a mystery. All right, baby. Let's see what this one's like, shall we? Oh, here we go. <laughs> dun, 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 I like dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, ah, there it is. Ah, oh, that sounds like Native American. <laughs> I know. Ah, oh, baby, you know I love that. You know I got that. <laughs> Deeply mysterious ambient journey. Mm. Ooh, oh, going on yes. a journey. Sounds like a good Friday night. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Woo! All right, Adam Bullwinkle. I am ready for the mystery. Are you guys ready? I'm yeah, ready. Man. Is everyone out there ready? I'm Man, ready. Karma's ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they just answered. So, on March 22nd, 1977, Charles Morgan, a 29-year-old escrow agent in Tux Tuxon, Arizona, went missing after leaving his home. This is the mystery, ladies and gents, of Charles Morgan. Seemingly abducted on his way to the escrow company, three days later, at 2 a.m., he finally returned home. Mm. His wife, wife, <laughs> Ruth Morgan, reported that he had a plastic handcuff around one ankle and handcuffs around his hands. Well, real handcuffs. Mm. So, like, so a kid handcuffed his feet <laughs> yeah. and, and an actual police officer handcuffed his upper body. He pointed to <laughs> indicate that he couldn't speak. Can we just um, 
because I didn't know mm. what an escrow company was. So that, right. that, that just threw me at yeah, the start. Yeah, you know I didn't either. So, so <laughs> what's that? So he, he'd gone to see an escrow company. Should we look at that? Should we look at that? I've got the thing. So oh. apparently then, uh, the escrow company acts as the neutral third party to collect the required funds and documents involved in closing processes, include, including the initial earn, earnest money check, the loan documents and signed deeds. So it's something to do with like loans and, and okay. right. stuff like okay. that, you know. Yeah, collect. That would kind of make loan sure. It kind of comes to, comes together later. Mm. Cool. Um, so yeah, his wife Ruth Morgan reported. Oh no, she gave him a pen and paper and wrote. He wrote that there was a hallucinogenic drug in his throat that could destroy his nervous system. Ruth wanted to call the police or get in contact with the physician, but Charles told her not to, and said it would put their family in danger. Ruth resigned to nurse him back to health, after which he told her that for the past two or three years he had been working as a secret agent for the Treasury Department. So cool. He claimed his abductors took his Treasury ID, giving her no more details. On July 5th, 1865, the US Secret Service was formed to catch counterfeiters. In 1867, the mission of the Secret Service broadened to detecting persons perpetrating frauds against the government. So they just changed basically what they state that they do. It was part of the de- Department of Treasury until 2003 and is now part of the Department of Homeland Security. Two months after Charles's disappearance, he is reported missing again. After nine days, Ruth receives a phone call. An unidentified woman tells Ruth, Chuck is all right. Ecclesiates. I think I've. Ecclesiates, I think. Ecclesiates. 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 Right, so the woman says to Ruth on the phone, Chuck is all right. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 8. And then hangs up. Ecclesiastes, all right? So so they randomly call call his wife after he's been missing for nine days, say, Chuck is all right. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 8. Exactly. And then they hang up. 12, 1 through 8. So they they need to look that up in the the good old book to see Uh, what that... mm. Two days later... On June 18th, his body was discovered lying 40 miles west of Tucson near his Mercury Cougar. Uh, Charles C. Morgan had been shot in the back of the head by his own gun, a a .357 caliber Magnum revolver. He was found wearing a bulletproof vest that he had reportedly had been wearing after his first disappearance. Man, he that guy was in some deep stuff. Yes, mm. definitely. Walking around every day in a bulletproof vest. Saying he's got some hallucinogenic compounds that's going to destroy his new nervous, nervous system. system. So you'd just be crazy. like paralyzed, I guess. Yeah. If your nervous mm. system was destroyed, you'd just be like awake. Lyme's disease. Or yeah, mm. but it'd be worse. Mm. Oh, well, that's mm. what I'm, I'm saying. If it was like fully, because you would essentially be like completely awake, but you'd be like yeah, paralyzed, like fully paralyzed, like, mm. like some snake venom like that. Oh. Just like made you like dark some, man, like spider venom or something that just yeah. keeps you completely still. It's like, like at the end of Midsummer. Yeah, have you seen that? Midsummer? No, I haven't. Yeah, you know, they, have, they, yeah, you know, yeah, you've yeah. seen it, haven't you? They just what they do to that guy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then put him in the bear, and then yeah, <laughs> burn him alive. Whoa! And he's so, just like awake, but he can't move. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> 
He was found wearing a bulletproof vest that he reportedly had been wearing after his first disappearance, a belt buckle that concealed a knife and a holster. A pair of sunglasses found at the scene were not his, however. Pima County Sheriff investigators searched his car and found several weapons and a cache of ammunition. The car Straight had reportedly, Jack Reacher. yeah, mm -hmm. the car had reportedly been altered so that it could be unlocked from the fender. On the rear seat of the car, Morgan's tooth was discovered, wrapped up in a white handkerchief. And yet, this isn't the strangest thing investigators found he was at the tortured scene. Or something. Mm. Mm. Bizarrely, there was also an item pinned to Morgan's underwear, a $2 bill with seven Spanish surnames and a map of the border area. The map led to the towns Robles Junction and Salacity, an area between Tucson and Mexico. These towns had a reputation for smuggling at the time, a fact that will become important later. Above the list of surnames was the note, Ecclesiastes. Mm. <laughs> play, play the song. Ecclesiastes. That's the one. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> so above the list of uh, surnames was the note Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> twelve, and arrows pointing to the numbers one and eight within the bill's serial number. So literally, completely, exactly what that woman said on the phone. Whoa. Um, some of the writings on the bill had alleged, alleged Masonic references. Mm. Charles also had a piece of paper with directions to the site where he was found. The directions were in his handwriting. I don't know where, where they were from, but obviously it was just from where he went to them when, when he was eventually dead. Mm. Uh, medical investigators say that he had been found only 12 hours, or he had been dead for only 12 hours right. when he was found. Uh, strangely, there were no fingerprints found at the scene, not even on the gun. On Morgan's hand, they found gunpowder and residue. It is likely for this reason the sheriff's department labelled it as suicide. And for years, that seemed to be the end of the Charles Such C. Morgan case. Such a cop-out, isn't it? Basically, mm -hmm. they couldn't be bothered oh, yeah, to do the work. bit of stuff on this out. Like, yeah, suicide. It's almost like they thought, we're weighing over our head here for just like normal county sheriffs or yeah. whatever. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just want to eat some donuts and do some people for speeding. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like... I wonder where he, uh, um, where, where he actually was shot in the head. Because when you were saying you that... You said the back of the head, didn't you? Didn't yeah. Back of the so head. You'd have to be like, said back of the head, yeah. yeah you'd have to be like, yeah, put it behind you like that and be like... And Magnum's a big gun as well. It's yeah. one of the biggest calibre mm. buns. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the biggest calibre guns, and it's like that yeah. long. Yeah. It's like one of those ones they always say, like, it'll blow your head off or whatever. Mm. Maybe not blow your head off, but it's like I'm sure, yeah, powerful. It's, it's got crazy, power, yeah, mm. definitely. Uh, so it was left as a supposed suicide with twisted clues that seem to suggest otherwise. Should we get into some of the theories of what happened to Charles C. Morgan? Let's do it. So the first one is pretty uh, deniable. It is that Morgan's death was in fact a suicide. Bull. Mm -hmm. There was gunpowder on his hand and the gun uh, the gun used was his own. He was yet... blatantly in a shootout. Mm. Mm. He was in a shootout. Yet Morgan, People were trying to kill him. Morgan was right-handed and the gunpowder and residue was on his left hand. It doesn't really make sense for him to use his left hand to shoot himself in the back of the head, let alone to use such an awkward position to kill himself. I mean, I'm right-handed. I could imagine that I could, I could still shoot with the left hand, mm. but... I feel like it would just be natural Obviously, for most yeah. people to just be like... If he's got not. if he's got gunpowder on his left hand, like could he have used it like before the person shot him mm. with his own gun? Yeah. He could have been trying to shoot someone. And like, also, I like, don't know why in his left hand, but when you're like trained to shoot properly, 
you, you're told nowadays to hold it with two hands, aren't you? Yeah. So you hold it with your supporting hand underneath. And some mm. people, my old man's a bit like this, like he's right-handed, but some things he rather does with his, he'd rather do with his left hand. Mm. So I can see, like even for me, I'm not a very ambidextrous person, mm. but I can imagine that wouldn't really feel much worse than going like that mm. because you're still using your right hand to guide and everything. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Mm. I'm just saying, just saying. Mm. But then like we're saying as well, it's obviously that bit of like putting it behind your head. Oh yeah, like, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm imagining like if, yeah, he, if, he, if yeah, he was in cool. a gunfight. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you that mean. He obviously yeah. did use it if he's got it on his left hand. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think mm. that he obviously did commit suicide. I think that he was probably, you know, he was obviously in some bad stuff. Some people had caught up to him. There was probably a bit of a gun battle. I reckon he was then apprehended, and I reckon he was maybe tortured for a little bit. That's why mm. they found the tooth and the thing. Maybe they were trying to extract some information mm. out of him. Pulled his tooth out. That would hurt a lot. Maybe he did or did not give information. Got what they wanted or didn't. Either way, boom. Mm. Mm. Leave. So hmm. obviously, <laughs> as, we, as we were saying, yeah. as we were yeah. saying, um, the crime scene suggests that there were other people. Foul like, play. Like the Morgan's tooth mm. being there, the pair of sunglasses that didn't belong to him, and the bizarre two-dollar bill, of course. Uh, so we're getting to the second theory now. We've already tossed away that he was, you know, just killed himself because not very believable. Mm-hmm. The second theory is that Morgan was killed due to being in the Secret Service. It should be noted that Morgan was not. De- not definitely in the secret service but if he was as he said to his wife it's possible that this led to his murder morgan allegedly has done escrow work for organized crime families Mm. got involved in some bad juju Mm -hmm. Mm. shortly before his death morgan also had testified in a secret state investigation on illegal activity on both sides of the arizona mexico border He was a reluctant witness for the Arizona Attorney General's office in the questioning of a now-closed Tucson bank. Was Morgan alluding to this case when he told his wife that he was undercover with the Treasury Department? Mm. Because obviously he said that earlier on. money laundering or something. Mm. One of Morgan's daughters, Megan Heidi, has stated, My father had a lot of information about people here in Tucson that could have been very detrimental. There was a lot of information about politicians, people who are still alive and still work in our government. He had that information, and they wanted to silence him. Mm. Man, there are levels, aren't there? Like we're saying, it sounds like he is Mm. in some pretty deep stuff. We'll get into the third theory now, which is the, the deepest of the three, which was pretty much the same. Morgan was murdered due to other illicit activity. Two days after Morgan's death, a woman who called herself Green Eyes called the Pima County Sheriff's Department and claimed to be the same woman who had contacted Morgan's wife before. Green Eyes said... Ecclesiastes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Green Eyes said that she had met Morgan in a motel before he died. The Pima County Sheriff's Department had confirmed (laughs) that that Morgan had been staying in a Westside motel for over a week before he was shot. Green Eyes said that Charles showed her a briefcase, briefcase oh. full of a briefcase, a briefcase <laughs> full of thousands in cash, which he claimed was to buy him out of a contact contract. Jesus, that the mob had put on his life. So essentially, he had all this money, was found in a motel. The mob had put a hit he had on a him, price on his head, and he was trying to buy out of it. Essentially, this is what Green Eyes mm. was saying. Following her husband's death. Ruth had a visit from two men claiming to be the FBI. She said that they flashed their identification quickly and tore the house apart and left, but she never learned what they were looking for or if they found it. That's so cheeky, I, I reckon that's bull. That's part of it. I like, reckon they would yeah. be more like... Do you know what I mean? It's, 
Don't involved you? in it somehow and looking for something that he if had. If me and you were going to mm. pretend we were FBI agents, Drew, yeah. to something else, we would go we're like, oh yeah, we'll just flash a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just buy some in like yeah, a fancy yeah. We'll make sure they're metal at mm. least so it looks a bit flashy. Mm. Just quick like, oh yeah, we're FBI agents. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Black suit, sign. So after 13 <laughs> years done. of his death, <laughs> done. done. After 13 years after his death on February 7th, 1990, an episode of NBC's Unsolved Mysteries covering the Charles C. Morgan case aired. This sparked a flux of incoming calls that helped Don Devereaux, a journalist for Unsolved Mysteries, piece together that Morgan had been involved in money laundering and large transactions with gold and platinum that would occur regularly between the years of 1973 and his death in 1977. Mm. So it was all sort of money laundering and everything with gold. Um, Morgan was dealing with upwards of a billion dollars worth of gold alone. Whoa. So crazy money we're talking mm. about. Especially in those days. Yes. Billion. Yes. Uh, there were also perhaps undercover CIA agents involved, most likely to pocket money for themselves. Allegedly, exiled Vietnamese government officials were involved, as well as people from the Department of Defense. Morgan was also linked to a money laundering scheme with fraudulent real estate, and one of Morgan's clients <laughs> was a mafia crew centered Fuck around me. Joseph Bonanno Sr. Uh, Devereaux also found that Morgan kept copies of all the illicit transactions made, thinking that they could save him in the future. Were these paper trails of illegal transactions the reason why Morgan was killed, perhaps? Mm. It's pretty dodgy to keep him around. Obviously, yeah, he just mm. wanted them this, in case he needed to like, blackmail someone or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, like in power with... Uh, mm. <laughs> What was the, what was the attorney guy? Um, oh yeah. Um, oh what big the ears guy, the guy with the funny little ears. Yeah. Yeah, the bold guy. Oh no, not no, the bold no, no, guy. No, no, no. Um, the cool guy that was like Tommy and. Um, oh yeah. And, oh, he was sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah I but he <laughs> kept he kept that laptop all the time yes. just in case anything ever happened. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he gave it to his little daughter on a little chip on a on a yeah. thing just as like protection if he ever anything ever happened to him. And then he got murked. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Poor guy. because so, yeah. he was quite a nice guy. Yeah, wasn't he? he was. Cool. I felt bad for him, dude. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. This whole story is reminding me a bit of Jack Reacher as well. Do you know mm. what I mean? Just like the whole way that's like, you know how like um. Oh, I won't give away any spoilers. Go watch Star Atreus. Mm. Great program. You know what I'm on about. It reminds yeah. me, for some reason, like, you know where it said about, like, Vietnamese, like, officials and stuff? I watched this thing the other day, and it's this um, this English guy mm. who is involved with, like, cryptocurrency and stuff, and he would go, he was, like, he's he's really, he's, like, only, like, 30 now or something, or, like, 29 mm. or something. But he's stuck in a country because um, the, the USA, like, want to arrest him. Uh, so he's stuck in, I can't remember which country oh, he's what, stuck not, in. Oh, right. Um, I was say, there's also like, Snowden, like yeah. that kind of thing. And there's but, Julian Assange. Ah. As well. Isn't he one of them as well? Yeah. Ah. People that are basically whistleblowers and they've yeah. had to sit, like, so stay in So basically, this country. guy, he would go around to these crypto events and, like, yeah. and, like talk at them about um, blockchain technology and things like that. And, um, um, uh, the, What's where? Where's the place? North Korea. Mm. Uh, is it King John? King John? King John? King John? Mm-hmm. King His John-un. right-hand man. Um, which I can't remember the name King, of him for. for, King John for du. But he's like he's not. He's like a. Um, Get it? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 King John Du. Uh, he, well, yeah, he's number two, but yeah, not his yeah. King John Du. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just his his second in command. Yeah. yeah. Um, he would 
they're basically North Korea are um, like like blacklisted or they've got oh yeah, well, yeah they're like a communist country yeah, yeah and what they, they're very you corrupt. can't do um you can't do like deals with them no, and stuff like that no. uh, what's, what's I don't the think word? because it's happened to all Russian people at the moment as well when you're you, um, um oh, I, there's like sanctions sanctions that's against it them. so there's sanctions um against them and this guy um he basically invited this english guy over to do this event in in north korea mm. and he thought oh why not you know like it's just gonna be like free like it's gonna be a laugh really and then as soon as he did it like months after um yeah the usa just wanted to arrest him for like breaking sanctions with like north korea and stuff like that and it was like he was but he's Dodge. like he's like gone on like um this australian like TV show just being like, oh, I didn't do anything. I just wanted to talk <laughs> about the crypto. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And now he's like <laughs> most wanted. Move. But yeah, but they, they there was like loads of um, information about the King Jong Un's right hand person, like secret undercover footage of him just being like, right we just got to break sanctions in any way so like they are trying to still do deals right. any way they can they're just trying to hope the outside yeah, world they're trying to hope that they they're find trying people to pull people in either corrupt enough that, or naive yeah, enough yeah and it reminds me it. of this yeah. because it's like you, you've got this all these guy, government people like yeah. maybe doing deals with the Vietnamese cause, but like do you know what I mean because they can't do under normal things but like going in over your head and then the next thing you yeah. know you're like oh screw it yeah like, they're, they're like really damn pa- there are powerful people out to get me now yeah, yeah. Maybe on both crazy. sides. Both sides. Yeah, like. it's just crazy that stuff goes on. Like just as yeah. normal as a normal. And that like, some people can just get so mixed up within it all. I always think that, like, um, you know, I think especially when you're like a young teenager and stuff. Say, like, you get into like, you know, smoking a bit of weed or something. Um, unless I you know I'm saying like in a country where it's like against the law still, whatever. But um, it's like sometimes you know at first it starts off as like harmless, but you've almost got to be careful in a way because like, once you go down that line. It's almost like you got like the law is can't sort of look after you anymore mm. because mm. you're you're doing things outside of the law. Mm. Mm. So it's like you can potentially go down some very dangerous avenues, especially the deeper and deeper and deeper you go into mm. it. There's not really much harm in a 16-year-old smoking doobie, but then you know if f- five years down the line you're like really intricately involved and have business, so mm. you know what I mean, dealings with like high up like. Um, drug dealers and gangsters and the black market and that then suddenly you can get very quickly in over your head mm. you owe the wrong person some money or something like that and then the next thing you know you're like oh man what you, if you go to the police and you're going to go to jail mm. yeah but then so but that means that they can't protect you and if you're just some normal dude it's like what are you supposed to do about that mm. <laughs> you know so cautionary well, tale mm. mm-hmm. perhaps leading credence to the idea that morgan was silenced a similar crime occurred around the airing of the Unsolved Mysteries episode that exposed most of Morgan's criminal activity. So we've got to be careful here. Uh, on May 14th, 1990, at 11pm, Phoenix, Arizona resident Doug Johnston left for his night shift at a computer graphics company. He was found dead an hour later in the company's parking lot, slumped in the front seat of his car, having been shot once behind the left ear. It was determined that the gun had been at least 12 inches away from Doug when it went off. Like Morgan, authorities believed that Doug committed suicide. However, Doug was right-handed and the bullet was behind the left ear. No gun or gun residue was found at the scene of the crime, but a 25 caliber bullet casing was found. The medical examiner said the shot could have been self-inflicted or the work of someone else. Doug's window Doug's widow said that he would have never committed suicide so there was no like you know obvious signs that he was going to do this curiously 
Don Devereaux that we spoke about earlier, obviously the journalist who previously investigated Charles Morgan's case for Unsolved Mysteries, lived across the street from the site where Doug Johnston was found. Uh, another interesting shared aspect between the two, Johnston's car, a Toyota station wagon, was very similar to Devereaux's around this time. Devereaux had a conversation with another journalist who had received a warning from the CIA. This journalist learned from a trusted CIA source that the killing of Doug Johnston was a botched job and that the bullet was actually meant for Devereaux. This, this CIA authority had also claimed that there were still contact, contracts out for Devereaux's death. These threats may have occurred because of De, uh, Devereaux looking into the death of Charles C. Morgan. Further backing up the idea that people looking into Morgan were being silenced, a writer from Washington DC named Dan Casalero had reached out to Devereaux asking for information on Morgan's gold transactions. Before Devereaux could send the information, Casalero was found dead in a hotel room in the bathtub with his wrist cut deeply approximately a dozen times. Whoa, brutal man. Police ruled it a suicide. Dan Casalero's brother, a, times, a doctor, man said that Dan was so squeamish he would barely let his brother prick his finger for any blood work, which which does not add up <laughs> yeah, to suddenly. Dan Casalero's method of <laughs> yeah. suicide, obviously. Yeah, if someone like that, if they wanted to commit suicide that badly, they just like overdose on sleeping pills or something. Mm. Like yeah. They wouldn't be like brutal blood and slicing. Well, deep cuts to yeah. the wrist. Mm. Also, I think, I think though, like for the, for the person that, say, committed that like fake suicide murder, like, pretty stupid surely do it 12 times because all you need is one really deep one. Mm. And it almost makes it just like more implausible because I think, imagine cutting yourself 10 times real deep, right? By the time you've done it 10 times, you probably wouldn't even be strong enough to give yourself another two. Mm. But then again, I guess like, they're probably the hitmen carrying these out aren't the brightest guys. Yeah. The guys that their bosses probably are very smart. Yeah, they're corrupt. just there to get the job done. Yeah, corrupt but smart. But the hitmen themselves are probably just pretty dumb but very good at killing yeah. things they're like <laughs> yeah i better do it 12 times to yeah. make sure he's yeah. definitely gonna die because yeah. people do survive sometimes don't they of like mm. um you know cutting their wrists and yeah stuff. but yeah. there's like cutting your wrist and then there's cutting your yeah, wrist there's like yeah. cutting your wrist like surface level yeah and but then crossed, like, i'm talking but then like, it's like that yeah like, what they say as well it's like to actually go down instead of like instead of cutting your wrist like oh that, really literally yeah. your main vein down your arm to like cut okay, give people tips Drew knows yeah, no, sorry no it's a bit dark <laughs> isn't it but like how do you know it, that man um, I, I just remember well. I, I remember hearing something because people do um, right. survive from just doing yeah, your wrist right, right. Um, and like and they say you know if people really mean business they'll yeah. go down the arm rather than across yeah. the arm because that's how you'll lose the most blood and like you know and I, yeah I don't I don't want to digress too much but just on that topic I don't know if you might have heard this Drew but did mm. you know so um, where, where we live um, Bridgewater it's got like a very big fair every year. Um, about, oh man, I was going to say 10 years ago. It was about 15, 16 years ago. Did you know that there was a there was a guy, I don't know him, know him, but I know who he is. And he got, um, the, the fair is, is um, sort of run by gypsies. Mm. And uh, he got involved in some bad stuff with him. And did you hear a bit about this? And he got, the guy that got involved in some bad stuff with him, he's just for Bridgewater lad, got pinned down and they freaking slit his wrists. Ooh. Like deep, like he almost died. He was like in hospital, like grey and stuff, and they had to give him blood transfusions. Oh man! But he survived it. Yeah, he survived. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Some bad people out there, man. But I remember at the time I was because he was one of those guys that, like, you know, he, was, he, he thought he was a bit of a local hard lad. Mm. Like he wasn't that big or anything like that, but he was just a scrappy guy. Do you know what I mean? He was mm. one of those guys that you'd always sort of hear he was in fights. What mm. you would call it, you know, like 
a bit of a hampy, as you'd mm. say, sort of in Bridgie. <laughs> but mm. um, yeah, but I think that it just he wasn't expecting in that level. Head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what we were saying. Like in over his head, he was expecting like oh, a couple of thumps and a couple of headlocks and punches, and then there's mm. a difference between that and like next thing you know, being held down by like five gypsies and they're like slitting your wrists mm. in like a dark field behind the the field, you know, behind yeah. the Fairfield, like. Crazy. Damn. Must have been pretty scary, man. A hundred percent. Anyway, back to the story. Back to the mystery yeah, today. To be fair, we've pretty much come to the end. Devereux yeah, yeah. believes that the same people who were involved in the 1970s activities are still out there. They perhaps oh, sure. silenced Morgan and writer Dan Casalero and perhaps tried and failed to silence Devereux. What do you guys make of that? that do you, do you reckon they are still about and are still silencing like, people trying Oregon to talk on it? Big yeah, well, it sounds like a couple of people were taken out that mm. probably potentially had sensitive mm. information. One of the things I think is interesting is the list of names that the, the original guy had on him. Yeah. You know, you said that he had like mm. seven so names on him. I think that's really interesting. It was almost like he was almost like trying to go for those people for some reason. Or maybe they were even... Did you say they looked into the names? No, they literally didn't really give us anything more. Because I was going to say names. maybe these were the people that he was like that were like after him. So he yeah. was like trying to like maybe take them out one by one first or mm. something. Because if he was wearing a bulletproof and had this like had altered his car and he was driving around with his Magnum, it was like he was clearly constantly anticipating like f- like life or death action. Yeah, because I I thought as well like why he wouldn't have gone home or contacted his wife at all in that nine. So like days. he was trying to keep him safe. Yeah, mm. so he's off doing this crazy mission with all these weapons yeah. in his car, yeah. trying Think, to sort stuff out. If somebody was after you. Mm, you or wouldn't. any one of three of us yeah. like you wouldn't want to put your mum at risk I wouldn't want to put my daughter yeah. and, my, and my missus at risk you wouldn't want to put Meg and your dog at risk mm. you know so it's like we put it like yeah you would leave wouldn't you you'd yeah, get far away yeah. so that you would distance your loved ones because you'd know that if they came to your house they could easily be collateral mm. damage it does sound like he was going on some crazy like mission some John Wick mission to just get revenge and yeah. clear his name yeah crazy stuff just on a funny side note as well uh, do you know that uh, when when Meg was um, looking after her uh, boss's, boss's house. house and dog, <gasps> some dodgy men came over. No, <laughs> Rupert impregnated Bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mystery Monday's exclusive. Drew's oh dog, pimp daddy oh, Rupert. So bad, it's man. turned out that he's impregnated Drew's missus, his boss, his dog. Oh, uh, is he annoyed? Set. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so that's what a, dog is it? What's pure purebred golden retriever, and your that, that they paid like three and a half grand for. And your and your spaniels just yeah, got around the dog. He's. I could just imagine doing cute that. Little, cute little babies though. Little spaniels yeah. mixed with like golden retrievers. You're gonna retrievers. have to pay child, child support. I don't know. I was like, what happens now? <laughs> Alimony. Like, Alimony. He's like, what do you mean? What happens? We get some puppies. <laughs> what do you mean that happens? We get some puppies. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm like, oh god. I wouldn't. I mean, I. I imagine they look quite cool, like a like a. Yeah. Sp- like, is it yeah. a sprocker? Yeah, it's a, a sp- sprocker, but it's more span. Uh, it's more um, uh, like Springer spaniel. Oh, than, it's a Springer. Um, right. Than co- like because um, his mum was a sprocker, but his, his dad, dad was a Springer. a Springer. But he looks more like a Springer. He's yeah, bigger. And, yeah, a bit bigger and stuff. So I can imagine though, like a cross between because imagine like a big Fluffy Springer, yeah. like a big uh, yeah, and imagine like a cross between that and a retriever. I reckon it would look quite cool. Yeah, mm. and like um. She, she's so placid and docile as well, the golden retriever. Oh, and then Roop's got I loads bet of Rupert energy. Just destroyed her. So it's like poor girl, <laughs> poor girl. Just imagine her there chilling, and then Rupert comes in like a freaking thunderbolt. Yeah. Oh god, man, I can't believe it though. It's yeah. so bad. I'm like, what are we gonna? Yeah, we are gonna, gonna have, have to, have to have like like do something like pay child support. Or also, like, it's hilarious that you and Meg sort of like see Rupert as your child, but he's already a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's already um, So you're going to be a granddad before you're even a dad, man. Yeah. What? That's mind blown. Yeah. So yeah, I just sorry, because you meant to be No, I think that's quite a nice way to sort of end the mystery. To be honest, with a little exclusive. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants, if anyone's in the sort of southwest area of the UK, and you want us a retriever cross Springer Spaniel, then we get you a good price, yeah. Grandchild. Yeah, send in to Pandora's box, and Drew will sort you out. I'll put up a picture of him on the episode. Ten percent discount. 10% discount if you do it through Pandora's box. Yeah. Getting contact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hustling <laughs> puppies through the box, man. <laughs> right. Nice. Anybody want to add anything about today's mystery? I really like that mystery, by the way. Thank yeah, you, that was man. cool, man. That was a really Thank good one. You. I did I feel actually, like I was in Jack Reacher yeah, or something. Yeah, very Jack good. Reacher. Very Jack Reacher. I think that's actually my favourite one that you've ever done, Bullwinkle. Oh, thank you. Solid mystery, bro. Thank you. Right, guys. Thanks for joining us on Mystery Mondays. We hope you enjoy this one. We shall see you on Wednesday for Pandora's box, as always. Have a good one. We love you. Ciao.